Chapter 2 of Tony the Little Woodcarver. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Tony the Little Woodcarver by Johanna Spirey. Translated by Helen B. Boyle. Chapter 2 A Hard Sentence. Tony was twelve years old in the winter, and now his school days were over and the time had come to look about for some kind of work which would bring him in some money and by which he could learn something necessary for future years spring had come and work had begun in the fields his mother thought it would be best to ask the proprietor of the matin farm if he had some light work for tony but every time she spoke about it he would say beseechingly oh mother don't do that let me be a woodcarver she would have had no objection to this but knew no way to bring it about, and she had known the farmer up on the Matten farm ever since her husband had worked there, and ever since his death, from time to time, he had sent her a little wood or meal. She hoped that he would employ Tony at first for light tasks in the field, so he would gradually learn to do the heavier work. So on Saturday night, after the day's work was ended, and she sat down with Tony to their scanty supper, she said once more, Tony, now we must take a decided step. I think it best for me to go up to the Matten farm tomorrow. Oh, mother, don't do that, said Tony quite beseechingly. Don't go to the farmer. If you will only let me be a woodcarver, I will work so hard that I will earn enough, and you will not have to do so much, and then I can stay at home with you. Besides, you would be all alone, and I cannot bear it, if I have to be always away from you. Please let me stay with you. Don't send me away, mother. Oh, you good Tony, said his mother. What wouldn't I give to be able to keep you always with me? But that really cannot be. I know of no way for you to be a woodcarver. Someone would have to teach you, and when you had learned... How should we sell the carvings? You would have to know people and go about, or else your work wouldn't bring any money. If only I could talk with someone who could give me good advice. Don't you know any one mother you can ask? said Tony anxiously, and racked his brain to think of someone. His mother, too, began to consider. I think I will go to the pastor, who has already given me advice, said his mother, delighted to have found a way out of the difficulty. Tony was quite happy, and now was determined that early the next morning they should go down to the church, and then his mother could go in to see the pastor, and Tony would wait outside. Everything was carried out on Sunday morning, as they had planned. His mother had put two of the little carved animals in her pocket to show the pastor as examples of her boy's good ability. The pastor received her very cordially, had her sit down beside him, and inquired with interest about her affairs, for he knew Elspeth and how bravely she had helped herself through all the hard times. She told him now the whole story, how Tony, from a very early age, had worked at the carving with so much interest, and now wished for nothing so much as to carry on this work, but how she knew of no way for him to learn, nor how, later, the work could be sold. Finally, she showed him the two little animals as examples of Tony's skill. The pastor replied to the mother that the plan would be very difficult to carry out. 
Although the two little goats were not badly carved, yet in order to perform the work right and to earn his bread by it, Tony would have to first learn from a good carver, because making only little animals or boxes would not amount to anything or bring in any money, and he would only be wasting his time. However, down in the village of Frutigen, there was a very skillful, well-known woodcarver who made wonderful large works which went far into the world, even to America. He carved whole groups of animals on high rocks, chamois, and eagles, and whole mountains with the herdsmen and the cows. Elspeth could talk with this carver. If Tony studied with him, he could help him to sell the finished work, for he had ways open for it. Elspeth left the pastor with gratitude and new hope in her heart. In front of the house, Tony was waiting with great suspense. She had to tell him at once everything the pastor had said, and when she finally related about the woodcarver in Frutigen, Tony suddenly stood still and said, Then come, mother, let us go to the place at once. However, his mother had not thought it over. She had made many objections, but Tony begged so earnestly that she finally said, you must go home first and have something to eat, for it is very far away, but we can do that quickly and then start off again right away. So they hurried back to the house, took a little bread and milk, and started on their way again. They had several hours to travel, but Tony was so busy with his plans and thoughts for the future, the time flew like a dream, and he looked up in great surprise when his mother said, See, there is the church tower of Frutigen. They were soon standing in front of the woodcarver's house and learned from the children before the door that their father was at home. Inside, in the large, wainscoted room, sat the woodcarver with his wife at the table, looking at a large book of beautiful colored pictures of animals which he would be able to get good use of in his handicraft. When the two arrived, he welcomed them and invited them to come and be seated on the wooden bench where he and his wife were sitting, and which ran along the wall along the entire room. Elspeth accepted the invitation, and immediately began to tell the woodcarver why she had come and what she so much desired of him. Meanwhile, Tony stood as if rooted to the floor and stared motionless at a single spot. In front of him, next to the wall, was a glass case, in which could be seen two high rocks carved out of wood. On one was standing a chamois with their little ones. They had such dainty, slender legs, and their fine heads set so very naturally on their necks that it seemed as if they were all alive and not at all made of wood. And on the other rock stood a hunter, his gun hanging by his side, and his hat, with even a feather in it, sat on his head, all so finely carved that one would think it must be a real hat and a real little feather, yet it was all of wood. Next to the hunter stood his dog, and it seemed as if he would even wag his tail. Tony was like one enchanted and hardly breathed. When his mother finished speaking, the woodcarver said it seemed to him as if she thought the affair would half go of itself, but it was not so. If a thing is to be done right, it cost much time and patience to learn. He was not adverse to taking the boy, for it seemed to him that he had a desire to learn, but she would have to pay for his board for a couple of months in Frutigen, besides paying for his instruction, 
which would be as much as his board, and she herself must know whether she could spend so much on the boy. On the other hand, he would promise that the boy would be taught right, and she could see there in the glass what he could learn to do. At first, Elspeth was so disappointed and dismayed she was unable to speak a word. Now she knew it would be absolutely impossible for her to fulfill her boy's greatest wish. The necessary expense of board and instruction was beyond anything she could manage, so much so that it was quite out of the question. It was all over with Tony's plans. She rose and thanked the woodcarver for his willingness to take the boy, but she would have to decline his offer. Then she beckoned to Tony, whose eyes were still so fastened to the glass case that he paid no attention. She took him by the hand and led him quietly out of the door. Outside, Tony said, drawing a deep breath, Did you see what was in the case? Mother, did you see it? Yes, yes, I saw it, Tony, replied his mother with a sigh. But did you hear what the woodcarver said? Tony had heard nothing. All his mind had been directed to one point. No, I didn't hear anything. When can I go? he asked longingly. Oh, it is not possible, Tony. But don't take it so to heart. See, I can't do it, although I would like to so much, declared his mother. But everything would come to more than I earn in a year. And you know how hard I have to work to manage to make the two ends meet. It was a hard blow for Tony. All his hopes for many years lay destroyed before him. But he knew how his mother worked, how little good she herself had, and how she always tried to give him a little pleasure when she could. He said not a word, and silently swallowed his rising tears. But he was very much grieved that all his hopes were over, since for the first time he had seen what wonderful things could be made out of a piece of wood. This is the end of chapter 2.